Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning and thanks for joining us on The Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker, Bharati Jagdish and Ryan Huang with you. Now, we're still transitioning into 5G, right? When we talk about telecoms networks. But apparently, Singapore is already making plans to take the next step to 3G. Who would have thought? Now, at his Budget 2022 announcement, Finance Minister Lawrence Wong did say that Singapore will upgrade its broadband infrastructure. It's all about increasing broadband access speeds by about 10 times over the next few years. Quite remarkable, isn't it? Yeah, so the government will also invest in things like 6G and we are looking at an additional $200 million being set aside to boost schemes. So why is there such a huge importance to move even? We're barely getting used to 5G. On the line to help us out is Han Chong, Managing Director for ASEAN at New Today. Han, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for having me again in the show. When Minister Lawrence Wong said 6G, what was your first reaction? I was I was actually thinking, yay. <laughs> I, I think the technology is always evolving and transforming. And I think what the government is doing is to encourage the, I guess, the intent and the, uh, the desire from the various organizations and people to really get to the next stages of the technologies. Now, Han, the thing is, I'm no Luddite and neither are a lot of my friends, yet we're all still just trying to wrap our heads around the whole 5G concept. So while you said yay, because, you know, you're in the business of cloud computing software and all that, uh, what about the rest of us? I mean, so you've got to try and help the rest of us out here. While this sends out the right signal, as you said, and that's welcome, what really will it entail? If we if we want to sort of tackle deeper look into what's happening there. I think we kind of have to look at where technology has been and where it's going. And if you take a look at the technology, I mean, it's been a consistent sort of journey of transformation evolution. So in the 60s, we had mainframe. In the 80s, we had the the Unix systems. And then in 2000s, we had the x86-based infrastructure. And now the infrastructure market is going towards a hybrid multi-cloud solution. So this is just one facet of uh, transformation that we're seeing right now. And consistently, Singapore has been adopting the new technology and using that as an advantage to really sort of stand out in the, in the competition. Um, recently, we've done an annual uh, study called Enterprise Clouds Index, where we survey customers' interest, intent, and progress of adopting hybrid multi-cloud. And the study consistently shows Singapore has a higher level of interest, aptitude, and progress than others. For example, in our most recent study, 38% of Singaporean enterprises are adopting multi-cloud as, an op- as opposed to 35% at an equivalent level in the regional level or 36% around the globe. So I think it's important that we keep that uh, competitive edge in the marketplace. Talking about competitive edge, Han, I mean, we're looking at $200 million being set aside to enhance schemes to build these digital capabilities and take us towards 6G. $200 million really isn't a lot of money. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, look, $200 million can be a lot of money for some, can be a, a relatively small amount for others. But I think it's about basically utilizing the, the scheme as to your advantage as an organization. But at the same time, look, trying to leverage that, I guess, uh, optimism and buoyancy around this transformation towards technology that is constantly happening and to make sure that you're part of the movement. 
Let's talk about how this $200 million will be used to enhance schemes that build digital capabilities. So tell us more about what you think of the substance of the various digitalization schemes announced in the budget. Well, if, if you take a look at the overall scheme, I think it is basically focused around the fact that the technology is moving towards much more decentralized uh, hybrid multi-cloud uh, infrastructure supported by extremely fast and, and capable traffic network. And so in, in, in order to be able to sort of take part in that exercise, I think every organization is really looking at upskilling their employees, upskilling their teams in order to be able to take massive advantage out of that particular situation. And we are seeing the, the current government scheme well catered for that. Other than the $200 million that's been set aside, there's also $600 million to expand the, the range of technology solutions on the product solution grant. So I think combination of a lot of different approaches will help the customers uh, or rather uh, companies to be able to really get ready for this transformation that needs to happen. I have an opinion question for you. In your opinion and observation, do you think that businesses are ready to take on the next 10 years and go into 6G when we've seen a lot of criticism around some businesses digitalizing for the sake of digitalizing? What are your observations? Well, as I mentioned before, I think the the key part of the digitalization is basically it's part and parcel of the continuing journey within the technology sector. Yes, there are some challenges that we are all faced with, in, including things like data integration. It's a big issue for a lot of companies. Security remains to be one of the key concerns, as well as application mobility continues to be a challenge based on our studies that we have conducted. But again, I think these are some of the growing pains of our organizations, as well as the market, sort of adopting the new technology. So while on the surface, it feels like that maybe some of this transformation is for the sake of transformation, given that the market and some of the environment that we play in is ever-changing and sometimes uh, not very certain, these technologies are certainly providing the, the organizations with flexibility and agility to be able to really continue to operate and service its customers. To what extent do you think the resistance to digitalization at the other end of the spectrum has been addressed adequately? I think there are there are multiple challenges that any uh, organization is looking at digitalizing its its infrastructure as well as its technologies in general, including that are related to technology. As I mentioned before, like things like the security component and data integration components play a big role. But there are also other considerations like data sovereignty laws and other, other issues that you have to be catering for that goes beyond simply a technology issue, as well as looking at your people and see if they're able to really adopt and actually run with the technologies and, and, and the environment that being given. So those are all critical components of the challenges that we are facing. But I think this is not something that we haven't seen before. We have grown out of and also transformed and adopted in the past to be able to sort of get us to where we are today. And I think we'll continue to do that. For you guys at Nutanix, how do you come in? How do you help businesses here? Well, I think we are in the fundamentally, we are in the business of helping our customers through a hybrid multi-cloud transformation journey. And we've been doing it for quite a while now. And we are seeing uh, companies like NQC Enterprise utilizing the Nutanix hybrid multi-cloud solutions to improve agility and resiliency, as, as well as preventing vendor lock-in. Because one of the things that we do see as a major benefit of hybrid multi-cloud environment is that 
you're not looking to a vendor or a technology that sort of prevents you from going further into the, the transformation journey. At a time when a lot of people are talking about returning to the office, uh, to what extent do you find yourself having to make a business case for using such technology in a hybrid fashion for hybrid work purposes? I mean, what have you found out in terms of how hybrid work could help with employee culture, with productivity and things like that? If you take a look at the the core of hybrid workforce, I mean, it's basically work from anywhere kind of concept. And if you look at that as a as a technology enabler, it couldn't have been possible without technology. Things like conference calling technologies, as well as data accessibility, doesn't matter where you are, is really truly enabling organizations and companies to be able to sort of act upon that idea of having a true hybrid uh, workplace. Now, what we believe is that um, it will only continue to get more sophisticated and more prevalent in the marketplace. And as as that happens, I think it will be an exciting um, place for both the employers as well as the employees as um, the the choices of the skill set and the talent gets much more broader. I'm on the line this morning with Han Chung, who is Managing Director for ASEAN at Nutanix. Han, you know, with everything that you talked about, it is really quite exciting. As a parent, what should I look at right now if I've got kids that are, that are, you know, already thinking about what kind of careers they want? It's back to the 2000s where IT is the bright spot. Well, IT is one of the enablers of basically taking on a, 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 a career. And, and being a parent of two boys myself, I, I am amazed at the, the adaptability of them being able to utilize technologies to be able to execute what they need to do as well as do homework and schoolwork. Consistently amazed. So what I believe is that IT is not the be-all and end-all industry, but it is truly an enabler that makes you take what you love and, and enjoy doing to the next level. Now, Han, you talk about your kids, right? I'm pretty sure they are digital natives, as a lot of people younger than me are. But, you know, to get the right skills at the right time, that is obviously a challenge. Look at what's happening today, where we have a dire shortage of people with the digital skills, the tech skills that industries need. What do you think needs to be done at this point, aside from, of course, upskilling and reskilling? Uh, because upskilling and reskilling can work today, but it's got to work well enough to ensure that we have a resilient workforce, right? One that stays up to date, one that is learning for life, and that so that we wouldn't panic the next time there's a crisis and there's a need to elevate skills and elevate capabilities. I must admit, I mean, what I'm seeing around the globe and, and in certain parts of the world, especially the so-called great resignation or the big quit is prevalent and it is happening and is, it is real. However, looking at the region and in Singapore in particular, I think we've been somewhat resistant to that major sort of impact that's been, that's been going on around the globe. I think that's part of the reason it is because in Singapore, the ability to be able to adopt and utilize technology has been stronger. And our sort of innate ability to be able to transition with the environment that is ever-changing has been to our advantage. Similarly, I think when you take a look at our young ones and and, and how to sort of train them, uh, I think that'll go a long way. But when you take a look at your workforce, I think right now we are right in the middle of a transformation where the traditional ways of doing work versus the new ways of doing work is in, in flux. And as we sort of go through that phase, I think organizations and companies will need to provide 
technology that allows the employees or would-be employees to be able to work anywhere in timelines that they feel more comfortable with, that gives them access to personal choices as well as a family access. And I think that'll be a, a key differentiator as we move forward because people will then be able to be attracted to those organizations who can provide such an environment for them through technology. Thank you very much. We've been speaking with Han Chan, Managing Director ASEAN at Newtonix. Thanks for joining us, Han. You stay safe and have a great day. Yeah. Thank you very much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.